Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a Geek Network special interview. As always, I am your host, Keith, and I'm all on my lonesome today. No co-host with me today, uh, but I am joined by a very special guest today, uh, the author of the Spire Saga, saga Peter F. Smith. Hi. Um, you're not alone, by the way. I am here. So <laughs> I'm more commenting on my co-host abandoning me today. No, uh, internet internet issues, you know, so that, that oh, happens, yeah, yeah. but... <laughs> But that's fine. Um, I'm excited to talk to you about uh, about your books uh, to get into this. Uh, but as always, Geek Network tradition, um, our series of shows are based on all the forms of media we consume. Uh, most of our staff got to know each other simply by talking about what we like. Um, so in the spirit of our first show, which is called Binge Watching, I want to know what have you been watching lately? Um, so not quite geeky. I got two. I'll give you two. Uh, one's not quite geeky. It's the one I watch with my wife. Um, yeah. She is very much into fantasy right now. Mm-hmm. We've been watching the show called Madam Secretary. Um, yes. It, it, it's about this wonderful, fantastical world where we have competent leadership in our national government. People who <laughs> know what the hell is doing. So that's incredible. The rest of this podcast interview. Let's, let's go with that one. <laughs> okay. Seems pretty far fetched. I don't know. <laughs> it surprises the hell out of me, actually. I tell her that every day. I'm like, can we watch something that's, you know, like comedy? Because this is just sad. Um, no, um, the, the other thing is I'm trying desperately to get through, what is it, um, Code 8 mm-hmm. Netflix. Um, my kids, they, they're trapped with us here, too, during lockdown, so I don't get a whole lot of time to watch what I want to watch. And after she gets done working her butt off all day long, she just wants to watch something that lets her escape. So I, I'm fitting it in between when she wants to watch uh, TV with me and spend time with me because she's selfish like that and she wants to spend time with me. Um, and when my little monsters end up going to bed. So I've been watching like 15 minute increments and that's, that's a really good movie right now. I'm really enjoying that. Robbie, I'm all in Steven. I'm all leave. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We've, we've had a couple of people on the show actually review that one. So I've been wanting to check it out. Um, I'm, I have a very busy watching schedule, so I haven't been able to fit it in. So (laughs) make some time for that one. This is good. Nice. Awesome. Well, uh, going on to our second question. Our second show is called Respawn Ready. Uh, This is our gaming show where we talk about everything video gaming, whether it's, you know, actual console gaming, PC, or even if, you know, phone gaming or tabletop, whatever you might do. So I'm just curious if you're a gamer at all, if you've gamed at all recently. I love gaming, but I have not been able to put much time into it in the last five or six years. I mean, I was... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, once they were born, it was it's been about four years now. Um, but I, I can occasionally squeeze in like a game of, um, Halo War 2, um, Civilization's the one I, it's kind of like my, my crack. Like I, mm-hmm. I know it's bad for you, so I keep it on my <laughs> phone most of the time, but then I'll get Civ back on my phone when, you know, I'm, I'm getting that itch. Yeah. And then when I realize I need to go back and rehab, I'll delete it off there. It, it tends to suck up a lot of time that I would rather be using towards writing. I hear you. That's one thing we we talk to a lot of authors on here, and when we get to gaming, they're like, "Man, I tried a game, but I got work to do." <laughs> so, yeah, we we got you definitely. Um, I just deleted it two days ago because it was slowing me down my current project. It'll come <laughs> gotcha. back. It'll be back. Yeah, it always comes. <laughs> so it always comes back. <laughs> awesome. 
All right, and then our third show uh, is our music-based show. It's called the uh, the Infinite Playlist of Geek Network. Uh, it's kind of a unique situation where what we're doing is we're building a playlist week to week. Uh, each week we have a different theme, and we all nominate songs and add on it. Which the, I think the playlist is over nine hours now, wow. which is pretty awesome. Uh, but I want to know what have you been listening to? What do you listen to in general, music-wise? Um, used to listen to a lot of, like trapped. Um that kind of like rock going on there. But for the most part, I, I like to listen to, um, it's kind of strange, but a mass effect or not uh, mass effect on Pandora. I'll go on to mass effect radio. Like I'll just literally get the soundtrack for the mass effects for mm-hmm. halos, for gears of war. Cause I need that orchestral sound in the background that amps me up and gets me into those epic moments for writing and planning. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it helps me to focus. So I, I usually avoid anything that's got vocals. Uh, Cause I don't want to figure out the hell they're saying. Yeah, and I just want to focus on the mood. I totally get that. I'm a writer myself, and like yeah. trying to write? listen to anything with lyrics, you just can't. You can't focus, you know, like at all. What? So, what do you write? Uh, a lot of different stuff. Um, I've I've written fiction in the past, some poetry. Right now, I'm mostly writing articles, uh, so nonfiction uh, reviews and things like that for the most part. But I still write for pleasure amongst a group of friends kind of it's what we call cooperative fan fiction <laughs> where we basically just send stories back and forth and reply to each other and stuff. It's a lot of fun. So That's it's awesome. kind of my like, yeah. Well, way to diffuse. What was that? You're co-writing. That's awesome. Yeah, that's right. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, awesome. So my last question is in regards to the subject we're here for, um, reading. So every week I host, we have issues every Monday, uh, midday comes out. And this is about everything we've been reading, mostly comic books and books, but audiobooks, uh, web comics, the side of the cereal box, whatever you've been reading, we talk about it all. Uh, a lot of manga. <laughs> so um, I want to know have you been reading anything? Uh, so, time once again, I just don't. I, I used to read a lot. Um, I was mm-hmm. that kid who, or that guy who would just sit in his bed, stay up to like three o'clock in the morning reading Peter of Hamilton or something like that. Um, right. I don't have that time. So it, it's audiobooks. Whenever I'm in that car with those kids, whenever I can sneak away in the garage to get something done, um, I've got earbuds in, the stereo's going. Um, I'm currently binging um, Craig Allenson's um, Expeditionary Force uh, novels because oh. I'm trying to prep for my next series, which is going to be about uh, Space Marine and Alexandra. And he does excellent Space Marine combat, all that fun stuff. Nice. And we've got okay. a great narrator too. The guy's name's RC Bray and he's got like this New England accent. It's, yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> nice. I was actually going to ask you cuz again as as someone who writes and uh who's pretty well read, um I wanted to ask, I know you necessarily haven't been reading much lately, but what are your influences? Uh go, having listened to the the audiobook of your book, I want to kind of get an idea of where you're coming from influence-wise. Orson Scott Card was probably one of the most influential I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ender's Game saga, just like, well, Ender's Game and then um, Ender's Shadow. Those two blew my my little, my brain open as a teen. Um, yeah. It brought me into that world of realistic science fiction because I'd been raised on Star Trek, Star Wars, um, Far mm-hmm. State, Babylon 5. Babylon 5 probably fits more into the vein of Ender's Game as realistic science fiction. Um, but yeah, yeah. sci fi that's nowhere near Earth, basically. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, that uh, Orson Scott Card with that um, realistic fiction, and then from there, I went down the rabbit hole. Um, Peter F. Hamilton writes 
this mm-hmm. if you haven't read, uh, read Peter Hamilton, uh, check out um, Pandora Star. It's an excellent book. It's epic. Um, it's space epic. Um, the guy's detail is amazing. His world building is fantastic. And he just, with all the detail he puts in there, he creates all these avenues to continue growing the story further. So there's no limitations on him. Uh, yeah. Guy named William Gibson with, yeah, William Gibson, I believe, with the Dread Empire series. Um, getting his first name. Oh, Kevin J. Anderson, uh, The Saga of the Seven Sons. There's one more. Oh, um, James S. A. Corey. Most yes. I'm so glad you brought up James S. A. Corey. How, how could we not? We're talking science fiction here. It, I'm the biggest Expanse nerd. Like I love the Expanse. It's incredible. <laughs> how they have managed to be have the keep fidelity with the uh, with the movies or the TV shows is just fantastic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the casting is as spot on as any adaptation I've ever seen. And. Yeah. Oh, it's just so good. Like, and I, I say it in every show, but I'll go ahead and say it again. Everyone out there, read The Expanse, watch The Expanse. Do both. It's incredible. So, <laughs> if you aren't, can you really say that you're living? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, uh, thanks for all that. I'm, I'm glad to get to know you a bit as we get into this uh, conversation. So, let's start talking about the reason that we're here. Uh, so, your series of books. And at this point, there are four released. Uh, this three is called released. the... Fourth is coming out soon. Fourth is coming. Okay, three released, fourth on the way. <laughs> um, called the Spire Saga. Uh, the first book is Apocalypse Dawn, and that's the one that I uh, got a chance to review before uh, speaking with you today. So I had a couple questions I want to ask you about. Um, I, and speaking from some, speaking to someone who's pretty knowledgeable about sci-fi... Um, I like that you had two protagonists. Um, a lot of a lot of modern sci-fi fantasy stuff do have multiple perspectives. Like, especially we just talked about the Expanse. Yep. Every book, the perspective characters are different, and I've always really in, like enjoyed that. I, I was wondering if that's like a stylistic choice that you made, or like is it was it something you just felt necessary to tell the story properly, like. Um, a bit experimentation and 90% I felt that it needed to be done in order to tell the story properly. Um, mm-hmm. It's such a big story. Um, there's so many things that are going on. I didn't know if I could properly, oh, for example, one of the, uh, one of the big tent poles of this entire series is tribalism and how it can be used to mm-hmm. turn against one another and destroy our civilization. So I can't really properly demonstrate tribalism from just one perspective and i'm hoping i believe i know i did it reasonably well on apocalypse dawn but just being able to incorporate that second perspective and then those Mm -hmm. smaller ones throughout the entire story um, allowed me to be able to hit it from multiple directions which shows how tribalism occurs and how it can turn us against one another so there was the need to do it and then there's just the experimentation phase like i uh, like i was telling you before we started um, this is my first time doing this in my career mm-hmm. and I just want to, I want to see what works. I want to play with it all and have fun with it and see what flows the best. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, like if you, if you approach a story and you look at it, like if you have one point of view, you're telling a story in a world. If you have multiple points of view, you're telling the story of the world. Yes. Yeah. It is and absolutely I, it, necessary given what happens in that book. Exactly. Exactly. Like, and it is world building. And um, 
sometimes you'll see adaptations of, or not adaptation, adaptations, but you'll see certain uh, stories told in a, you know, post-apocalyptic or sci-fi situation where they only tell one point of view, but they purposely close off the rest of the world. Something like I Am Legend comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, where it's like, we're not supposed to know everything. So obviously that's an artistic choice, but, no, but yeah. That because he was literally the only character, well, one of the few characters left in the world. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so the multiple characters, like you really are building a world you're setting, you're making up or you're creating a full setting for these characters to adapt to. You're not experiencing it in a character's eyes, I guess is the way to put it. So, yeah. um, yeah, I'm going to go back to the first statement, the, the, the first way I put it. I liked that. It was more poetic. So <laughs> it was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I was like, damn, I'm going to steal that later. <laughs> <laughs> so great awesome okay so um a lot of this is about technology yeah. um and it seems like you have a pretty strong uh, fascination with technology based on reading or well listening to the book um so is that something that you have a professional interest in is this like more of a curiosity like uh, give me a little background with that I've been raised on, uh, I was raised in science fiction, but I was also raised on history um, and being a part of the community. So um, I'm a, my background is social studies. I'm a social studies teacher, or I was a social studies teacher. Um, I'm able to focus on writing now, which thankfully, mm-hmm. um, but well, dad first, then writing. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, uh, I've always studied humanity i've studied our progression and technology has been that one big thing that has revolutionized the human experience for the last well since the first caveman realized that fire was a good thing and how to create it Um, yeah so that's been the big deal and changes us and as we've been developing technology at faster and faster rates we're seeing greater amounts of social upheaval because of that technology um the industrial revolution um it was this huge phase in human history where we had this massive shift from uh, rural, from farm labor to mm-hmm. urban labor and factories. And that was perfectly fine because honestly, the level of education you needed and skill you needed to be able to make that transition was the same. And whether you were shifting hay or putting a sheet of metal under a stamping machine, it really didn't require you to have that much knowledge. But we right. enter into this new era where it's not going to be that we're going to have this new industrial technological revolution that we're just starting in. Um, mm-hmm. And it's going to be a huge, massive disruption to our entire society, but it's not going to be like the last one where you can just easily shift into the new jobs. There are going to be new jobs, plenty of them, but unless we get our crap together as a society and realize that we got to put on our big boy pants, big girl pants and take on some personal responsibility and adapt ourselves and change ourselves, we're going to end up being left behind. That's going to cause a significant amount of social disruption. And that then leads to problems of unemployment, uh, higher crime rates. Um, it makes you more tribal because rather than accepting that you've made mistakes, you try to blame others. And those people mm-hmm. are rarely within your group. It's usually the ones that are outside your group, which of course then makes it easier for other people to start manipulating us. So I, I'm, I'm trying to push this overall agenda. I, I guess it is an agenda. I shouldn't say that word, but screw it. It is an agenda. Um, of just trying to be like this is science fiction science fiction should have a message and that message is see what's coming be aware of the future don't be afraid of it don't let people manipulate you and control you and make you tribal and turn you against everyone else but accept what you can do to be prepared for that future 
That makes yeah. sense, right? <laughs> it makes sense. The future's coming one way or the other. Exactly. Like, um, I, I like I like the way you put it because there is a perspective that a lot of people don't really grasp that uh, people think of technology and they think of the future, you know, spaceships and stuff like that, or even the internet and such like that. But the, the core of technology was invention. So like you said, discovering how to create fire is technology. Um, in the early 1900s, the Wright brothers with the plane, that's technology, but it's also history. So put, people don't like facilitate them in the same way. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're like, Oh, it's, that's different, you know, right. but yeah, look at look at how you know. Again, flight. Look how the railroads changed industry completely. You know, things like that. So they wiped out yeah. the entire stagecoach industry. Yeah, exactly. Computers wiped and, out telephone operators. We don't. Yeah. yeah. It's just it, there's there is a necessity. It's it's not like like I said, the future is coming one way or the other is what the way I put it, and it's literally like we can't. It, Pandora's box is already open. <laughs> like yeah. we're not going backwards, guys. Like Pandora's so, box is always unfolding. So you might as well just get used to it and figure out how to ride that wave, if you will. I guess adapt. Yep. <laughs> so, which is good. Um, one thing that speaking on this, just kind of a little personal thing, I want to get out with it is because uh, I'm enjoying having this conversation about this with you. I don't get to have this conversation a lot. <laughs> so um, That's the great thing about science fiction. You're supposed to have these conversations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing I really like is the, the fact that technology is going towards more of a uh, responsible direction as far as, say, the environment goes. Um, and in just in general, more of a conservationist way. Uh, which which I really appreciate. You know, um, you mentioned, you know, adapting, and automatically my mind went to like I'm, I lived in Texas for a long time, so I went to the oil fields. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm like, that's gonna be gone soon. You know, if, as, long, as soon as we get an affordable electric car, everything's up. Uh, just that's a whole industry that might be gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, so and uh, the nuclear power. If we had adapted and accepted that, we probably would be at electric cars by now. And yeah. Terrible as people think it is, it's actually relatively safe. But people didn't yep. want to change; they didn't want to adapt. And you get all those oil companies and coal companies that fought like hell against nuclear power, against solar mm-hmm. power, against fusion power in the future, because it disrupts industries and people don't want to change. Yeah, they don't want to lose their money. <laughs> like they don't have ownership of that idea, so why would they want it to succeed? So yeah. Well, they could but it, it... get retrained and have ownership of it, but they don't want to. And that goes for people at the top and people at the bottom. Oh yeah, agreed. And like, again, we talk about some of those fossil fuel industries, and I mean, there are there would be barriers to converting them to say like solar creation or something. But but at the same time, it, it, is it it's worth it in the long run? You're you're future proofing yourself. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. yeah. So all so right, good. The money you're making right now on those oil fields, go to community college. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Learn learn to code. Yeah. If, if there's one thing you can do for yourself in this day and age, learn how to code. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Um, so the other thing I want to talk about, the big theme in this is family. Um, both of the, the, both of the lead characters in the first book, uh, their family is one of the big drives for them. And being that you, you have children is, was that something that you consciously focused on? Or do you think it just kind of subconsciously came through your writing? If you're going to, if you're going to write something, try to connect to people. You want to, you want yeah. to those, those universals, no matter what. Um, 
no matter what political ideology you are, no matter how much you love Trump, hate Trump, love Bush, hate Bush, or whatever, okay, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, you have that one constant we all have is family. Yeah. So by writing about family, I'm hoping to tap into people a little bit more. Even if you don't have a good relationship with your family members, there's probably some moments where you wish you did or you regret what you couldn't have had. So it's just it's trying to universalize the writing. Um, I can't mm-hmm. share my message if I don't connect with people at all. And when a lot of people read this stuff, they're going to think of it from a political perspective. Um, or they're going to think that I'm preaching to them. I had one guy leave a review saying that I was proselytizing. And I'm like, I'm not sure which religion I was pushing here. Um, <laughs> multiple different perspectives on here. And I'm personally religiously neutral. Um, I believe there is a God. I don't necessarily think anything else after that. But mm-hmm. um, it, it's important to do that universal element in there. Because if I don't, then something in my book is going to turn them away. I need something that can anchor the reader no matter what. So family and, and it's- yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. So um, obviously, it's the one thing everybody has, you know, in some form. So, yeah. Um, oh, and then there was the, sorry, I, I was, no, that one. no, go for it. Go for it. So with the tribalism and the fear, mm-hmm. one of the best ways you can get people to stop thinking is to threaten their families or to make them feel their families are threatened. Um, and as you were listening to the story, you probably realized like social media is being used to manipulate people. Oh yeah, and it was spreading those uh, those risks to their family. And main characters, uh, Michael's always worried about his son, and Dylan's always worried about his mom. So it was keeping people afraid, so that way they could be controlled. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that definitely makes sense, especially nowadays. Yeah. Um, today, as of recording. <laughs> so. Do you hear my dog oh. in the background? I'm sorry if you do. A little bit. It's fine. Uh, we have multiple guest starring dogs on this podcast, so oh. it's no big deal. Yeah, they uh, they probably heard of mailman or something <laughs> no it happens a lot don't worry about it so yeah, about awesome so uh so we have three books right now and uh i do want to let our people know that these are available on amazon uh and uh yeah. i personally listen listen to the kindle version oh um, you're on the audible version oh oh yeah i mean the audible version sorry <laughs> i was staring at the word kindle on my phone while oh, i was talking no. to you yeah okay. <laughs> I li- yeah, the audiobook. I listen to the, the Audible version. Um, but the first three are available. You said the fourth is on its way. Yes. So the first three are all available on Kindle right now. Um, for Apocalypse Dawn is 99 cents to let you get um, into the story and see if you like it. Experiment. Nice. T- uh, taste it out. Other than that, the other ones are $2.99. Um, and then the Audible version is free if you're new to audible if you're a new subscriber or they've got like a discounted rate i think like 13 dollars somewhere around there for the entire audio version of it which i think is pretty good that's a pretty good deal yeah awesome and so so we got the fourth coming out uh what's the plans here are do you have a, a an end in mind i know you me kind of talked off air a little bit about you know the process of it but do you have a defined end is this something you feel you could go on continue going with um for right now i'm going to finish this book then i'm going to take a break to hammer out this next series i'm working on called um, um well, I, don't want to get, I, I don't want to say it right now because i could make a change um, yeah <laughs> i've got a space marine uh series of four space marine books i want to hammer out and get those published and then nice. I'll come back and I'll write one more for the Spire Saga. So it'll be a total of five books total 
Um, and I'll finish because the current one I'm writing right now is going to be too long. So I'm going to break that one in half. <laughs> the next one will be called Embers. Um, but yeah, uh, then I'm going to take a very long break from it. It's I do have ideas for a, an additional series with this um, IP, with this uh, genre, this storyline. Yeah. Uh, right now, I don't have any hardcore plans. I got a couple other series I want to write for different topics. Nice. Um, and then when you say different topics, anything you willing to share? Any, anything uh, maybe a little different? There's been an idea that's been bouncing around in my head that after the Space Marine one, uh, did you watch the show Colony on USA? Yes. I've got an idea for something similar to that, but with a, a twist that we've never seen before. So I really want to explore that one. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, honestly, uh, I really recommend that our, our listeners check it out. Uh, as he said, it's a really easy way to get into it. Uh, that first book, 99. Can you, I'm assuming you can use your uh, Audible credits on the books as well. Absolutely. You're more than welcome to use an Audible credit on it. Um, yeah, definitely. They're also on Kindle Unlimited, so if you've got any voracious readers out there who are on KU, they're more than – yeah, they can hop right on there and read through it. And oh, I also have that too. <laughs> so. You can read all of them then. Have at it. <laughs> awesome. I probably will actually. Uh, add it to my list of things I got to read. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, so definitely get it checked out. Um, once again, uh, available on both Audible and Kindle. Uh, it's Peter F. Smith and it's the Spire Saga. Uh, did you have anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to plug? Uh, a Twitter? Uh, you mentioned a newsletter to me at one point, right? Oh, um, when, they, when you guys start going through the Kindle versions, you guys can access uh, some free short stories. And when you do that, you just give me your email and then you you get them and then you're on my newsletter. Awesome. Okay, great. But actually, I got two questions for you. Yeah, please. What did you not like about the books? I know that's strange to try and do that, but this is a learning process for me because I want to make sure that I'm providing the best quality for readers in the future. So what did you not like? No, I appreciate asking right up because um, I could say anything online. No. <laughs> so, um, let me think. Um I think the one thing that jumped out at me was the very immediate beginning of the book. I know what you're going to say. Keep going. No, yeah, I was just a little thrown off. I was just like that uh, that repeat section. No, no, not so much that. It's just I the the first thing when I started it, uh, it literally starts with uh, like he gets punched like right away. He's like bleeding immediately. I thought I missed something. <laughs> like I thought I skipped a chapter or something. And so and then I was like, oh, it literally launches like that. Yeah. And that took me a moment to, to adjust to that. And it kind of like uh, the whole first chapter, I was kind of like unsure. Uh, that's the one thing that jumps out at me. Yeah. That was the um, panel I was making. Um, I, I, a huge part of this is confusion. And yeah. And I wanted to, create that in the reader and i was like i don't know if that's gonna work too well but I, I rolled the dice and hopefully it didn't turn you off from the rest of it no no not at all no um it was just literally because i i and i tend to listen to audiobooks while i'm doing something else too so i i was like wait what <laughs> i had to rewind it i was like wait a minute so uh but no i mean i don't want to say it, it ruined it or anything like that it's just simply that was the that was the first thing that popped in my head when you asked that question is like that kind of cold open. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
not unheard of, but you know, well, it was, I, I didn't expect it. I guess <laughs> nothing wrong with that. And I, um, that repeat section I was bringing up—that's getting fi- that's already been fixed. They got to do the upload on Audible right now. So, oh, gotcha. Okay, that's the reason why when you said the beginning, and I was like, oh, okay, I know what he's gonna say. Oh no, yeah, honestly, that I it didn't really bother me, uh, but maybe it's because I'm in the recording business, and I was like, eh, things happen. <laughs> it's, it's been fixed. I was good, yeah. Right, so, question two: What did you like? Um, I you you clearly love these characters. <laughs> like that's the number one thing that jumped out at me is, uh, they're pretty they're pretty well developed. Uh, they're they're characters you seem to care about, yeah. and I I really enjoyed that. Um, well, if I don't care about them, why would you guys? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that's that's to me. I think one of the biggest things missing in a lot of starting writers is characterization. You have a plot and you plug characters in and in your head, the characters are fully formed. You know who they are, but you don't always remember to tell the audience, Yeah, you know, but you did a good job of that. I knew who these characters were. I've got a um, background in theater. So I was trying to put myself into the characters as I was writing them. So that way it came out that way. Yeah, definitely. No. Um, uh, that's that's literally the way I felt about it. It reminds me of uh, the characterization. Remind me of the passage. Really? Yeah. Um, the main character and his name is escaping me. For some reason, I just kind of got like a similar like. Oh, okay, like I'm kind of feeling a similar characterization. I don't know style. It's it's weird. I make these weird connections between fiction that people don't understand. So <laughs> it makes sense to you. That's what matters. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, and and part of it is because of the the main character's job in that in that series and the way he operates, you know, and then the whole, yeah, the whole big problem going on in the in the world right now thing. So, yeah. Um, but no, yeah, the characterization would be the highlight for me. I, I think that was uh, genuinely good. Also, um, you know, it's an action sci-fi. I just love that. Just the genre alone was good. That was a good sign for me. So, blowing crap up. If you're not doing that, not action sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, awesome. Any other? No, that's actually. Thank you. I appreciate that feedback. I do. Awesome, man. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it, Peter. Um, Thanks for having me. You're always, you're always welcome on here. If you ever want, if you ever have anything else you want to talk about, you're always welcome to join us. Um, and I want to let all our listeners know uh, to check us out on all of our social medias. Uh, that is Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GN Podcasts with an S. And also our website, geek-network.com, where, as always, you can see the links to all of our interviews, all of our podcasts. Uh, to the infinite playlist on multiple different platforms, as well as uh, bios about each and every one of us that are the hosts, uh, including myself. And uh, I want to thank you guys so much. Uh, Again, Peter, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. And um, have a great day, guys. Adios.